0: It's good to see y'all in the house of the Lord. As you can tell, I'm struggling, so I don't know how long I'm going to preach, I guess, till I can't talk anymore. But uh, I hope you have your Bibles today, and if you do, I encourage you to turn to the book of Ruth. The book of Ruth, the first chapter. If you don't have a Bible, there's some of them laying around you're more than welcome to use. Ruth, the first chapter. Ruth, the first chapter. Y'all there, amen? amen. Look in verse one. Probably gonna read a whole lot more than what I should. Now it came pass in the days when the judges ruled, that word rules mean judged, that there was a famine in the land and a certain man of Bethlehem Judah went to sojourn or dwell temporarily in the country of Moab. He and his wife and his two sons and the name of the man was Imalak, and the name of his wife, Naomi, and the name of his two sons, Malone and Kilion, Ephorites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they came into the country of Moab and continued there, or remained there. And Imalak and Naomi, Imalak, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left her and her two sons. And they took them wives of the women of Moab. The name of one was Oprah, and the name of the other Ruth, and they dwelled or lived there about ten years. And Malon and Kilion died also, both of them, and the woman was left of her two sons and her husband. Then she arose with her daughter-in-laws that she might return from the country of Moab For she had heard in the country of Moab how the Lord had visited or attended to his people in giving them bread. Wherefore she went forth out of the place where she was and her two daughter-in-laws with her and they went on the way to return unto the land of Judah. And Naomi said unto her daughter-in-laws, two daughter-in-laws, go return each to her mother's house The Lord deal kindly with you as ye have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant you that ye may find rest, each of you, in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voices and wept. And they said unto her, Surely we will return with thee unto thy people. And Naomi said, Turn again, my daughters. Why will ye go with me? Are there yet any more sons in my womb, that they may be your husbands? Turn again, my daughters, go your way, for I am too old to have an husband. If I should say I have hope, if I should have a husband also tonight, and should also bear sons, would ye tarry for them till they were grown? Would you stay for them for having husbands? Nay, my daughters, for it grieveth me much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord is gone out against me. Now start paying attention here. And they lifted up their voice and wept again. And Oprah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clave unto her mother. That word clave means clung. And said, and she said, behold, Thy sister-in-law is gone back unto her people and unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. And Ruth said, Entreat me not or urge me not to leave thee or to return or turn back from following after thee. For whether thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, thy God my God, where thou diest, will I die, and there will I be buried. And the Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught by death part thee and me. When she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her. I'm going to stop reading there. I've already read more probably than I need to. Now, There's some things that I want to point out about this book of Ruth that I found very interesting when I started studying because there is some very interesting things there. There is some things in here that intrigued me a great deal and it it was kind of stimulating when I started studying. And when you visit this particular time in Scripture, you notice there in the verses that we read that tragedy had transpired. There was disaster, there was uh, calamity, there was a catastrophic uh, uh, misfortune. But on the other hand, or you might say on the other side of the coin, there was also, uh, if, if you read in there real closely, there is accomplishment. There is victory. So there's these successful stories that are kind of bundled up in this book that we call Ruth. And if you thumb through it, you will find that Ruth only has four chapters. There's only 82 verses in the entire book. I'm sorry, 85 verses. But those verses are power-packed with a lot of information. Now, in this story that we read, we notice that Ruth is from this place called Moab. We know that she was an intruder who had no business breaking into the greatest plan in human history. And I'll explain that later on. But it starts off and it says that that in the day of of Judges, the Bible tells us that Famine had broken out in the nation of Israel. So Elimelech and his wife Naomi and their two sons headed for Moab and uh, uh, searched for food. Now, historians tell us, and I really didn't realize this until I kind of started studying Normally when you think of famine transpiring you think it's because of no rain and, and, and being real hot but in this particular case this famine could be related to uh, raids that took place by the the uh, enemies of Israelites and the Israelites, and I'm talking about the Philistines and the Ammonites, and that could be the factor for this famine that they were dealing with. Uh, in other words, just maybe as soon as the Israelites' crops were ready, the enemy would swoop in and steal that crop. And so the Israelites went to all the trouble to to do all the work. They plowed, they, they planted, they, they uh, uh, you know, cultivated, they irrigated, took care of the crops. And then when they thought, man, we're finally going to have a crop to harvest, in would come the enemy and steal that crop from them. So they had nothing. And... and uh, You know, everything was destroyed because of the enemies. So we see that Elimelech and Naomi established themselves in Moab. You know, they found food there. They found work there. They found what they needed there. And it seems like the two had found a measure of success there in Moab. Everything was just kind of okay. And the Bible told us they were there about a decade. But then disaster struck. The Bible tells us that, first of all, Elimelech died, leaving Naomi a widow in a strange country. Not only that, but Naomi watched her two sons die as well. Now, in all of her pain, in all of her grief, Naomi began to turn her eyes and her ears and her heart toward her native land. And with all that she had been through, with all that she had seen happen, she had gotten to the point where she simply said, I just want to go home. That's where she was. I just want to go home. You know, And she had heard that things were beginning to prosper back in her homeland. So she decided that it would benefit her to go back, to go back home and try to put back together what remained of her shattered life, of her battered life once again. So she began to make her exit. She tried to leave, but then when she tried, something strange happened her two in laws says, Hey, Ma, we're going to go with you. What do you think? Well, she tried to discourage them. And in spite of trying to discourage them, her two daughter-in-laws decided that it was in their best interest to go with her at that particular point to return with her. So they get on their way, and they're headed back to uh, Naomi's native land, and she begins to, to try to dissuade them again. She, she tries once again to, uh, to, to dissuade them, to d- deter them, to dispirit them, to dishearten them, discourage them. I could go on and on and on, but Ruth and Oprah had made their mind up. They were going with her. But when Naomi first began her little uh, episode, if you will, trying to discourage these two daughter-in-laws, neither one of them was willing to go back to Moab. And that's what I want to visit with you today. If I had a title for this sermon today, it would be, I can't go back. And I'm going to show you why here in a little bit. But the Bible indicates that after Naomi tried to get her daughter-in-law back and she painted a bad enough picture, uh, Oprah began to yield and to give in on her commitment. And, and, and But the thing was, while she began to give in on her commitment, Ruth, became all the more determined to stay with her. In other words, she had a certain amount of grit about her and, and she just had this desire that no matter what, she was going to go with her. And somebody here ought to know that sometimes the more you try to discourage some people to turn around and go backwards, it only makes them more determined to go forward. It only gives them uh, uh, more of a determination to walk with the Lord. Now, here's where I need to interject something. That is the way it seems with some people when they walk into a Christian setting. Uh, you know, you know, and, and, and I know as well as you do, walking in this Christian life, there are some days that we're going to make headway. There are some days that we're going to have gain. But there are also some times when we're going to have to give some things up too. It's just the way it works. And there will be times when people try to discourage you. You, you might find this hard to believe, and I'm not going to name any names, and I'm not going to go back and tell the story, but when I surrendered to the ministry, the day that I was ordained, I had a guy walk up to me and say, are you sure you know what you're doing? Because it's not an easy road to hoe." Yes, I know it's not an easy road to hoe, but I want to tell you something, folks. When the Spirit of God gets a hold of you, there ain't no turning back. You're hook, line, and sinkered. And so that's where I was. But in fact, those that are in this thing for the Lord, it really doesn't matter how hard you discourage them at all. In fact, I've noticed that there are some people that just respond to this call of commitment with just that more passion. That much more desire and with that much steadfastness. So instead of them turning back, there are some that have decided, you know, they've made up their mind. And how many times have we said that about somebody? Oh, when no so-and-so makes up their mind, there ain't no changing it. Easy now. But there are some people that make up their mind, and they have decided, and and, you know, they've got it in their heart, I will not go back. I can't go back. In other words, I can't go back to the way things used to be. I can't go back to the way things were, business as usual. I can't go back to the old way of thinking. I can't go back to a slave mentality, and I'm certainly not going back to Moab. And that's where Ruth was. One reason that that we will not go back. One reason that I will not go back is because that I know God does not want me to return to the mess, and that's what Ruth was thinking about. She did not want to return to that mess she had left behind. Why do I say that? Moab was a hot lava mess. As a matter of fact, if you turn to the book of Psalm, the 60th chapter, verse 8, you will see that God said that Moab is my washpot. That's how bad Moab was. I don't want to go back. Ruth did not want to go back. And I want you to think about it this way. You're probably saying, what does that have to do with me today? I want to ask you, what were you like when you were in Moab? What what was your life like before Jesus Christ came into your life? I want you to think about how dark your life was. How miserable your life was. And I want to ask you a question. Do you want to go back to that? Do you want to go back and live that kind of lifestyle once again? You know, I mean, to me it's a no-brainer. Why? Because I've seen what God can do. I've seen my life change for the better. I have, you know, a, a walk with Christ now. I have a new attitude. I have a new mindset. I have a certain degree, level of a uh, degree of understanding, especially when it comes to dealing with some hard headed people. But if you don't want, or if you don't want someone to see the light, then don't show them the light. Because once they have seen the light, They don't want to go back to the darkness. They don't want to live in that old lifestyle anymore. So we can't go back. And I will rebuke you if you encourage me to go back. I will say, get away from me, Satan. I don't want to go back. It's because when I start looking back, and all of the bad things that was going on there. It, it was a world of brokenness. It was a world of hurt. Uh, there was nothing good about it. It was full of deceit and sneakiness and hatred. But, you know, when we recognize that and we realize all the heartache that was in that previous life. When we realize all the pain that was there. And that's what's laid up for us if we go back. We understand that the trouble is waiting to rise But there is nothing but destruction that is waiting for us if we go back. But believe it or not, and maybe you know someone that has done this. How many of you have seen someone that turned their life around, but then they turned back around and went back? They decided it wasn't worth it. Did you really pay attention to this scripture as we read it? Did you look real closely? Because it wasn't long before Oprah changed her mind. And she decided it was best for her to go back. You see, some people want to live that kind of lifestyle. They want to live in the cunning, in the steakedness, They want to live where they make those under the table deals for kickbacks. They want to go back. And look in verse 15 of our text. What does scripture tell us that is waiting for Oprah? It says that she's returning to her old gods. In other words, she's returning to her old gods of idolatry. That, that will rule over her life once again. And I need to tell you that it is absolutely imperative that those who have experienced revival, revitalization, restoration, you should not want to go back to those gods that controlled your life that ruled your life, that dictated every move of your life. And why do I tell you that? Because I'm here to tell you beyond the shadow of doubt today, God has got a bigger, better plan for you. And I'm going to show you how significant that is because you don't want to go back to the dregs that is waiting for you in your old life. Understand that Moab was a land of wanderers. And I believe that too many people have wandered away from the flock of God today. I believe too many people have wandered away from God's Word. They have wandered away from His Spirit. They have wandered away from His church. They have wandered away from the sanctuaries that offers them security, that offers them safety. And it is that wandering that is sad and is fatal. Because look at what Naomi said about herself in verse 20. Did you catch it when we read it the first time? She said when she went full, she returned back full of what? Bitterness of spirit. That's what Moab held for Oprah when she went back. Now I want you to think about this. I can't go back. You can't go back. Why? Because it means constant unhappiness. It means that we consent to displeasure. It means that we live by sight, not by faith. It means that we don't care about God. We don't care about God's ministry. It means that we want instability. We want double-mindedness. It means death. Folks, if you go back to your old life, there is no returning to this life because we have chosen a life of disobedience. And that's exactly what Oprah found. If you study this long enough and hard enough, you will see that when she went back to to her home country, she put herself in the company of the men there who exposed that were exposed to true life, but they never could get their life together. They never could get their act together and actually turn and go the right direction. And what we have to know is that will happen to us every time we decide to go Moab's way of life. A writer once said it this way about Moab. It said, it's a nice place to pass through, but it's a dangerous place to linger in. So let me challenge you today. Let me encourage you today. Don't turn back to your old ways of life the way you were before Jesus Christ came into your life. I don't know about you, but I could never go back. I have no desire to go back. And that ought to be the heartbeat of every one of us here today. But I want you to think about how easy it is. You remember here just... A week or two ago, I mentioned Lot's wife. You remember Lot's wife. She left her heart in Sodom and Gomorrah. And God told him, when you leave, He said, whatever you do, don't look back. But because her heart was back there, she could hear the music back there. She could hear her old friend saying, hey, come on back. And she turned and looked over her shoulder and what happened? The Bible says she turned into a pillar of salt right there. We can't go back because destruction is waiting there. So now Ruth makes a decision. And you may be sitting there, now wait a minute, Pastor, before you go let me ask you a question. What's the difference between Oprah and Ruth? Well, I want to tell you what, the, 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 the difference is. It was a matter of desire. You see, Oprah couldn't deny herself. She couldn't deny what she wanted. She did, could not deny what she thought was best for her. And that self-denial is what caused her to stumble. And if we're not careful, that's what will cause us to stumble the same way and fall. But on the other hand, what did Ruth do? Ruth began to determine in her heart that she would be different. That she wasn't just going to follow someone because she had known them a long time. When Ruth was determined to go on to Judah and leave Moab behind forever, she stepped into the very greatness of the halls of history is what she did. You see, and that should be a lesson to us today. Ruth's decision for her was a whole lot harder than Oprah's decision was. Why do I say that? Because all Oprah was doing was going back to where she came from. What's hard about that? You just go back to the status quo. You just go back to the same old way of living. But by this decision that Ruth was making... She was going to change the entire destiny of her life. I'll tell you what that is in a minute. But you see, even though she was wanting to move forward, even though her mother-in-law was telling her, you need to go back, she was moving forward. But there was a few things that were against her. And I need to tell each and every one of you something here today. If you don't get anything else I say today, you get this. Whenever you start trying to move forward in your walk with the Lord, there is always going to be something that will try to pull you back. When you start trying to make progress in your walk with the Lord... When you're trying to move forward, there is always going to be something or somebody against you. Listen to me. Ruth had a lot of things against her. For instance, her foundation was against her because she was from Moab. Secondly, her past was against her because she was a widow. Her religious tradition was against her because she was just like her sister and she worshipped false gods. Even her future was against her. Why? Because she was a Gentile going into a land that there was not any room for Gentiles in because it was Jewish. So what did she have to do? She had to stand up and count the cost. She had to think about that. And that's what each one of us have to do. We have to add it all up, considering what we're leaving behind back there. And we have to ask ourselves the question, is it worth it? Is what's back there, is it really worth it? All those old friends, all those old ways of life that I had, is it really worship? worth it. But then when you add it all up, you have to ask yourself the question, what am I going to gain? Because you're going to gain joy, an unspeakable joy. You're going to gain peace that surpasses understanding. You're going to find love that flows like a river. You see, Ruth's decision that she made She made her decision, and it wasn't made out of instinct. It was made out of conviction. I would rather have five people behind me that makes their decision based on conviction than 500 that makes their decision based on instinct. And when she made her decision, it was made through surrendering. That's what she did. She made her decision, and there was no strings attached with what she was going to do. She was going to do exactly what her mother-in-law did. Did you catch that in the Scripture? She said, where you go, I go. Where you live, I live. Your people's going to be my people. Your God's going to be my God. Where you die, I'm going to die. So now I can tell you are getting bored, so I've got to get on with it. So we're going to do Paul, Harvey, and the rest of the story. Hey, I did the best I could. Now you see, I quit reading for a reason. So I could save you for this part. But you're probably saying, okay. What's so great about Ruth? What, what put her in the Biblical Women Hall of Fame? I'm going to tell you exactly what it was. Here's the rest of the story. Because the Bible says, and if you look in chapter 2 of Ruth, you will see that the Bible says that she married a man by the name of Boaz. Boaz treated Ruth like a queen. He let her have a bunch of privileges that any other foreigner there would not have gotten. From that marriage came a boy by the name of Obed. From Obed came a son whose name was Jesse. From Jesse came a son whose name was David. King David. Which is the lineage of Jesus Christ. Now I want you to think about something. And I'm going to leave you something to contemplate. I've been talking to you today about how important it is not going back to our old way of life. I want you to consider this. What if Ruth would have said, this is not worth it. I'm going back what would it have done to the lineage of Jesus Christ? Now, I know what you want to do. You want to just shrug your shoulder and go, oh, well, God, he'd have just found somebody else and went right on his business as usual. But you see, this was God's will. I believe that God had appointed her to be at a particular place at a particular time. And this is the reason why I told you a while ago how important it is to keep moving forward and not be worrying about what we've left behind because God's got a bigger plan and a bigger purpose for each one of us. And if you don't think He does, how do you explain this? How do you explain Ruth's destiny? So we can't go back. We can't look back. And don't let anybody tempt you to go back. Because it's not worth it. Let's pray together. Father God, we just thank you for this day that we've had that we could come together as brothers and sisters in Christ and just spend time in Your Word, Father. A very challenging Word to each and every one of us, Father. And we thank You and we praise You for it. Father, I thank You for these folks here today. I pray a special blessing upon each one. Father, I just ask that You watch over us as we leave this place, as we go to our respective homes Father, just guide and direct our lives each day and continue to protect us in this very challenging time that we live in. Father, again, thank You for loving us. Thank You for blessing us so much with all the good things that You give us, Father. And again, we pray for all the folks that we've got on our prayer list, Father. All the situations that we've talked about today, we just lift each and every one up to You, Father. And there may be some unmentioned requests here today and we just lift those up to you as well. And Father, again, I ask for some rain that only you can provide. So Father, just forgive us where we fail you. Lead, guide, and direct us in this week ahead. And help us as we're entering this holiday season to be a bright light shining for you. In your son's name we pray, amen.